0: On today's episode, we are joined by Harlan Schillinger, owner of Lead Docket. We talk about CRM, CMS, what you know, what you don't know, and the price of saying no. I'm Leah Levy, co-founder of Nanatom Media, and this is In Camera Podcast, where you're not allowed to live until your plate is empty. our podcast, Private Legal Marketing Conversations. As always, I'm here uh, joined by Grace. Grace, how are you today?
1: Good. How are you, Leo?
0: Very well, Grace. Thanks so much for asking. And Grace, I must say I'm very excited about today's conversation because we have a special guest, someone who's going to be joining us for our CRM and CMS talk. This is our first episode on our last block for this toolkit for success in 2020. And so Grace, why don't you introduce our host?
1: So wonderful, wonderful person that decided he was going to actually speak with us today. We appreciate your time. Welcome to Harlan Schillinger. Um, He is going to discuss with us a conversation about CRMs and CMSs. It is a real pleasure to welcome Harlan. Thank you for joining us. And this conversation, as I mentioned, is going to be regarding customer relationship management and case management software. So Harlan is not just well-known in this industry. He's well-known in quite a few industries. He has over four decades of experience in legal advertising with a passion for legal marketing, intake, and conversion. He has worked with more than 120 law firms in over 98 markets throughout North America. Currently, Harlan is working with and in charge of business development at Glenn Lerner Injury Attorneys, the second largest firm in the country. He is also owner and founder of Lead Docket, ACRM, and also CMS. In addition, he was the first to produce television advertising for lawyers in 1978. Harlan is widely considered the father of commercials for the legal industry. You can find out more about Harlan by visiting www.leaddocket.com. That's l-e-a-d docket d-o-c-k-e-t.com. Or you can visit his website at that's harlanschillinger.com. That's h-a-r-l-a-n s-c-h-i-l-l-i-n-g-e-r.com. Harlem, welcome to In Camera. Well,
2: thank you so much, Grace. That was that was a, a very nice uh, introduction. I really appreciate it. I'm humbled by by uh, what you said about me. I'm uh, not so sure all of it is true, but I'll
0: take it. It's a real pleasure to have you. Harlan, uh, I'd like for us to start this conversation. Before we start with everything that has to do with CMS and CRM, last week you were a guest speaker and moderator for the Business Growth and Digital Marketing Talks at the Trial Lawyer Summit. Also, I'd like to mention that we did make an episode entirely about everything that went on on those talks uh, last week. And Harlan, I'd like for you to, to share with us uh, a few thoughts about the event. What would you say to those who could not attend this year's trial lawyer summit in Miami?
2: Well, quite frankly, it was the Super Bowl of, of, uh, of lawyer summits. Uh, I uh, got involved with uh, Keith Givens and Chase Gibbons when we first uh, started this project about 12 years ago and wanted to start national trial lawyers uh, because we feel very strongly about perpetuating the business of law and uh, there's many groups that are out there but the business of law is paramount without the business of law you're not in law you're not in business uh, without business uh you really uh you don't have an opportunity to you know to thrive so with that being said am i I'm, I'm an original founder uh, of the uh, you know of, of the program, uh, so each year four of us I believe uh, puts this program on. I handle the business a lot uh, with my associates Howard Nations, John Romano, Mark O'Mara, myself, Keith Gibbons, uh, and Michelle Swammer, Of course, is our executive director. Very very proud to be part of this organization. And so really, what it gave lawyers an opportunity to do is to attend a three day conference. Certainly pick up enough CLEs for the entire year, but really listen to the greatest lawyers, you know, that are, are, are out there right now on trial skills. We devote an entire day and a half to the business of law, which is digital, which is advertising, which is business practices, which is everything really that was not taught in law school. Uh, we've been doing this, as I said, for 12 years, and we keep on growing. So I invite everybody to join us next year uh, It'll be on Martin Luther King's uh, birthday uh, weekend in Miami at the Lowe's. What you will achieve is tremendous networking, tremendous trial skills direction and uh, a phenomenal in- insight into, you know, best practices and best business practices, you know, to stay alive today. And uh, so, uh, you know, I welcome anybody that would like to uh, to join
0: us. That sounds wonderful. I'm personally looking forward very much to next year's National Trial Lawyers uh, Summit. And so, for those of you who couldn't attend, now you know it's definitely worth the time and the investment. Grace. So, I think we're now ready to move on into uh, the first topic of our conversation, which is CMS and CRMs. So, take us away.
1: Definitely. So the first question we're going to ask is, what is a CRM or CMS, you know, customer relationship management software or client management sy- systems, excuse me, case management software? Is there a difference? Like, what do you think of it the difference? Because I know you're the owner of Lead Docket, so I'm sure you have <laughs> really good insight.
2: Yeah. Well, I've been in this business for 40 some odd years and, and uh, you know, I've watched the growth of it. and And there is a significant difference. A CRM is a customer relations marketing tool. That is a tool that handles the client, the prospect, the intake, and it sits basically in front of a a client management system. Client management system is in essence a file cabinet. It manages the file. And we all grew up on, uh, you know, some great customer relations, uh, customer uh, management systems. Uh, there are many out there now. Uh, and they're all very, very good. The interesting part is that none of them uh, that I'm aware of, and I try to be on top of a lot of things, understands the customer relation part of it. Because it's in essence a, a a CMS, such as a case peer or a file vine or a Needles and so on and so forth, uh, manages the file. But once you put a lead or once you put something in the file you have to manually get it out of the file you have to request the you know the item in front of you the difference with a customer relations management tool is that it manages the entire customer experience on the upfront end of it and uh, i'm very adamant about using a piece of software that manages the client experience that helps you With intake that helps you convert because it has all that accountability and all of the process processes that take place prior to it being put into a file. Once it's in a file, we know we have to open up the drawer and we have to look for it, and that's really the big difference between the two. And and in today's age, having a CRM sitting on top of a a case management system uh, is is truly the way to go. Uh, It's mystifying to me how few people in the world of advertising and lawyers haven't had a chance to recognize that but I guess that's one of the reasons we're here today.
1: That's great. Thank you so much. I mean, that's such an important difference, right? That one is for clients and the relationship with those clients and the other is their cases and managing the cases. So that brings me to my next question. Why do you feel, should we have a CRM? Do we need a CRM even if we have let's say a CMS?
2: I think the most important thing is to have is a case management system because that helps you manage the file, manage the legal aspect of the case, and allows the uh, the client to get a good a good recovery because of the organization of or what you have. But it's actually quite ludicrous, ludicrous not to have a CRM up front or have the mentality of a customer relations management tool. Uh, Because in this day and age, we're in a very, very competitive market, very competitive. The bottom line is you spend a lot of money to advertise. You get a call. How that call is handled, how that call is managed, how you intake that call, how you treat that call, and how you then convert that call to business is everything. So it only makes sense to have that. What mystifies me and what I've noticed, you know, for many, many years is that customer management systems, uh, case management systems simply don't address that because it's a marketing tool and they're mechanical, they're software. They just simply haven't uh, looked at that end of it. Sure, they have, you know, uh, opening pages, they have scripts that you can put in, but it doesn't have a process and a process is what's needed in customer relations management. I mean, the biggest, one of the biggest pieces of software in the world is Salesforce. The reason being is that it gives you a process from the moment somebody calls to the time you close the sale.
0: So um, Harlan, basically, if I understood correctly, what you're saying is that case management is great and is very powerful. Why? Because it will allow you to take control over your case after the client got signed. But, what the case management software is leaving completely out of the picture is how did you acquire that case in the first place and be able you took it a step forward by actually be uh, talking about uh the importance of understanding the source of your leads and then tying that back to your marketing investment being able to understand well if i'm bringing and investing so much money in x and y platforms how many leads am i getting from these ones and what's the quality of those leads and what happened with those leads after they've uh, converted into cl- into signed clients or if they're not converting where are they in the in that uh, customer journey that grace so often talks about is that it harlan
2: well yes that is it but i'll add another thing to it it's complete accountability on your expenditures uh, it allows you a case man. Uh, excuse me a, a crm allows you to track monitor all aspects of your of your advertising and and and, and truly the, the gift is that it allows you to convert more business with the existing business that's coming to you uh, you know that it's a competitive world it brings complete accountability to the intake and, and marketing of
0: the Actually, Harlan, it is so interesting that you're mentioning that because I was, as I was preparing for this particular episode, I came up with a chart that uh, explains why are attorneys not using CRM, and the main reason at seven, at sixty-seven percent, was lack of accountability, and it resonates very well with what you've just said right now. It's that lack of commitment to to holding. Are uh, marketing investments and in the business itself accountable for uh, their lead acquisition practices?
2: Well, yes, uh, but you just hit a real big hot button with me. And the truth of the matter is, uh, lawyers are arrogant. <laughs> lawyers count what they ha- what they have. Now I'm giving you my own personal view on this. And after 42 years and being the grandfather's business, you know, maybe I pop off a little bit too much, but here's the way it is. The truth of the matter is is lawyers, and actually most people, count what they have. They see the cases coming in. They see the cases that go to trial. They see the cases that settle. So they see all the positive aspects of what they did. What they don't see is what's missing. And what's missing is really the biggest hole in the bucket their bucket because they don't know what they don't know and by using crm using a accountable software you're really taking a good look at the business and you're taking a look at what you don't know and what you don't see and that's really the essence here and so why do lawyers not pay attention to it just because you know i've always used the smart alec term of making too much money but the truth of it is i i I make the analogy of going to a fancy restaurant a great steakhouse um, and you know we, we order off the menu, we, we order a tremendous steak, we, we, we order all the fixings, and we love it. We absolutely cannot wait to eat it, we eat it, and we leave half of it on our plate. Then what happens is the waiter comes over with the bill. We can't wait to pay it. We pay it and we tip graciously. We walk away, and we're happy. I am focused on that what's left on the plate and what's on the plate in law firms is huge. It's huge because you don't know what you're missing. And number two, you already paid for it. So if you can increase your conversion from what is left on the plate or what you don't see, that's real money because you are increasing your profits on leads that have been paid for. Now, one of the interesting things, Uh, that I've heard over the years, and I don't know how they've come up, lawyers have come up with this, but the majority of lawyers that I know have met, say they get 94% of everything they want. Well, that's an ambiguous statement because first of all, what they want usually is what's in front of them in a consultation. What they don't know is what they want, and they don't know what's in front of them if they can't see it. Lawyers are very arrogant about that because they count what they have, not what they don't have. And I can't emphasize that enough. And what the CRM does, it exposes all of that. It allows you to function in your business, not only telling you where you've made your money, where you lost your money, where, where your leads went, where the leads are coming from. So your agency can manage your advertising, but it simply tells you what you didn't sign or what fell through the cracks that you're not aware of because you're dealing with other matters. How beautiful could it be if we are able to pick up business that we already paid for and increase our business by, let's say, 30% on the net?
0: That's real money. I feel I understand very well what you're saying. The theory of it makes a lot of sense. Would you be able to provide us with an example as to what would be a good situation for an attorney, the kind of opportunities that, as you say, they're being left on the plate that could actually, with the help of a CRM, could be uh, turned into an increase of revenues for the law firm?
2: Well, sure. Let me give you an actual example. Let me give you some facts. When I got together with Glenn Lerner to work on his business, he said to me, hang out for three months and just tell me what i have tell me tell me where my holes are well after a week i had an opportunity to sit down with glenn and, and kevin kevin Roth, and uh, we were in chicago and they were taking in about 180 cases a month fantastic unbel- unbelievable unbelievable uh, amount of business well i completely looked at their intake and i felt it was completely done backwards they had people roaming the fields they had sign ups on paper they had to come into uh, the intake coordinator, Vanessa Soto, and she would enter it into Captura. Or Captura. I believe they were using CapTora at the time, the CRM, uh, and nobody really was using it. So the first thing that I did is, number one, I trained everybody in intake on CapTora. The second thing I did was completely rearrange intake. And believe me, this was not a rocket tree, uh, a scientist move. Uh, I put iPads in, in everybody's hands, and I got them to use DocuSign. Well, within 45 days, their intake immediately went up to uh, 300 cases. The most significant thing is that Glenn was able to cut the median budget by $100,000 a month. This is true. Call them. Ask them. And now they're hovering around 500 cases a month with a completely different intake process and uh, they have what's called a 94% conversion rate on wanted cases. And that's the whole conversation, what do you want, what you don't want. But the truth of the matter is if it's a viable case, that is a wanted case. Uh, and in addition to that, they were able to manage all the turn downs, all the people that they couldn't help with that was put into a system that we could market to in the future. So the bottom line is that is a true example. It's kind of interesting when uh, my partners and I uh, developed Lead Docket, uh, and Eric Kaufman is really the brains behind Lead Docket. Dino Columbia, and myself, you know, are absolutely in awe of what he has done. Uh, but he made a system that was very easy to use, so that people would use it. They have Lead Docket has a little over a hundred clients uh, right now, and it's a boutique situation. Uh, they don't advertise; they invite you in. But what's significant, and I can guarantee you this, is that the majority, over 90%, were able to increase their business, their net profit, money in their pocket by over 30%. Call them, ask by using a CRM system.
0: We totally believe you. So, yeah. And so here are a few follow up questions to that. So, first of all, I'd like to uh, confirm with you if I understood correctly. What you're saying is that the use of CRM helped you increase the number of signed leads that were coming from intake. So in other words, no additional marketing investment, yet intake practices became more efficient and more signed clients uh, were acquired by the law firm over a comparable period of time in the past. Is that is that correct?
2: That is absolutely correct. What it did was it maximized everything that was coming at the law firm.
0: I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. So I assume that the docu sign part of it helped to sign the clients faster, right? Not having to wait to for them to show up to their appointments or send representatives or whatever uh, process the law firm had in place that could have potentially slowed down the process and therefore missed on getting on some of those leads. But what exactly did the CRM did in order to improve the quality of intake and take them to to these results? What was the role of CRM?
2: Well, well, first of all, on the DocuSign uh, issue, uh, the, the sign-up reps in the field used DocuSign and the document went directly into uh, the CRM. And so that uh, uh, allowed them not to have to drive in the hard copy it went immediately in and it completely opened up the case right then and there that was one big sign and then about a month and a half two months later uh, we initiated use of DocuSign and everybody was hesitant to use it but within 35 days literally 35 days I remember that 35 like it was yesterday 95 percent of all the contracts were done on DocuSign you know, so the big resistance was how do you get somebody to sign on their telephone or how do you get them to sign? But what she did was made it easy for people. And if the, if the intake representative believed in the product, they used it. And that was really significant. And so what it did was it just systemized. The other thing that really was outstanding was it developed the process. The CRM developed, developed the process that allows you to have a formula and a path to systematically talk to the client in an intelligent and organized way. That makes you look very good, that makes you look very smart. When somebody's calling, and they're desperate, and they just had their lives turned upside down, they want to talk to somebody that's stable. They want to talk to somebody that's organized. They want to feel secure. And what the CRM allows you to do or helps you do that is organize that, that whole process. So it's just far more professional. And consequently, the results speak for themselves.
0: Better customer experience is a factor to an increase in business. And I think, Grace, that doesn't surprise us at all because we are adamant believers on this and it's been a recurring conversation in this podcast. And so that's... Thank you so much, Harland. Uh, we love hearing real live examples and you are just giving us so much of that. So I think this is being very, very valuable to all of our listeners. Grace, what else do you have for us?
1: So um, you answered really, I think, most of the questions I had without having to directly ask them. So I'm going to kind of combine a couple of them into one and ask you, you know, how do we choose the right CRM for our firm, you know? <laughs> What questions should I ask during the demo? You know, uh, how do I know which one's right for my firm? You know, th- these are all kind of one question, really. I mean, how do I know?
2: Yeah, well, it's kind of like choosing a telephone these days, or, or choosing, you know, these, uh, or, or, or uh, you know, a computer. You know, I like Mac because I like the format; it's easy for me to use. I like Windows because, you know, I I like it. But but the the, the thing that you really have to focus on is number one, yourself. The ease of use on a CRM is very, very important because if you don't have an easily used system, a system that you could, that's not clunky, that's built on a contemporary platform, your, your employees are not going to use it. They're not going to embrace it. So that's really, really important. In choosing a CRM, you have to have, it has to be compatible with uh, case management. And uh, like Lead Docket, you know, acts seamlessly with almost every uh, client uh, management system, you know, case management system that's out there. There are others that do the same, uh, but the ease of, uh, of use is, is most significant. And then looking at a platform, you have to figure out, am I on a platform that I can customize? Uh, for instance, if you're on a platform with Microsoft and you use Microsoft uh, Dynamics, uh, it's clunky. You have to go through Microsoft to make every change. You also have to pay Microsoft for every change. When I built uh, Lead Docket, our three uh, priorities were ease of use by the by the client, people using it, absolute seamless integration with the client management system, uh, case management system, and the ability to customize and make changes and make this your product. And I believe that whether it's Lead Docket or whether it's any other product that you're looking at you should look at that as your priority in choosing something and uh i look at customer service uh impeccable customer service is the only option
1: i can attest to that guys uh so uh for those of you don't know or don't know persist communication integrates with other crms and um, lead docket was one of our most recent integrations and um it the ease of integration and the ease of use of lead docket really is up there um compared to many many that i've in my 20 years of doing this, I've been through LexisNexis Interaction, I've been through um, Microsoft Dynamics CRM, I've been through, I could probably name a billion of them, um, definitely 10 off the top of my head. And from what I've seen, especially in the legal field, Lead Docket is one of the most easy to use, um, makes sense, and integrates seamlessly um and if you can't it's gonna be seamless because of Eric Kaufman. I mean he really is that great.
2: That's that's correct. That's correct. But, you know it's interesting you know it's interesting Grace that you would bring up Persist. I love Persist. Uh I love it because it works. It's a great tool. But if you take a look at what we're really doing, you have case management, you have persist and you have lead docket all working together. Persist is a tremendous tool because it forces the phone call. It dials until you get somebody on the phone. It eliminates all the excuses that an intake person could have in trying to reach somebody. It persists because it is persistent. And when Ed Lake uh, and Steve uh, developed that, It was brilliant. I love using Thank you
1: so much, Harlan. I appreciate the plug. And I know you don't see it as that, so I appreciate it even more.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, a plug is is interesting. I mean, we all want to plug each other's, you know, items. But the truth of it is, I don't plug anything unless it works. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just in my history all my life. Credibility is the name of the game. And uh, when I work with anybody, it has to be credible and it has to be an A game. Anything less, is a C and B player and we C and B game.
1: Well, in any industry, but I think I don't know if I could say, especially in ours, right, Harlan? I mean, if if you can't trust somebody, if you can't trust that it works, then you just don't go that route, you know. And a lot of these companies have kind of gone fly by night, maybe not CRM companies per se, but a lot of, you know, pieces of software open today and closed tomorrow. So the, the fact that, you know, you can say that about us, I, we appreciate and I can say that about Lead Docket because I've used it. And I know that it is simple to use. And they actually went that route, meaning they went to integrate with Persist with Lead Docket as opposed to the CMS because of the ease of use. It made it easier for them to handle the intake and, you know, the firm that we're integrated with that uses Lead Docket um, really enjoys that integration. Well, two things.
2: When it's easy to use and it's and it's built on a, a very dynamic platform. And uh, you have an exemplary service. The truth is, it's half of anything on the marketplace. And the profit margins are actually larger because I'm not paying Microsoft. I'm not paying a programmer to have to program every change. It was built in, it was built brilliantly for that reason. And it's called service, it's called the fluid nature of the product. That's why we call it dynamic. This is a dynamic and intuitive approach. Uh, I, I'll tell you one other thing that I wanted to add. When choosing a, a, a CRM company or a, a, a customer management system, uh, case management system, or any piece of software, you got to really be careful. What I find is that most salesmen, their mouths move faster than their feet. So when you're starting to ask a lot of questions, ask about installation, ask about how far out it's going to take to install, what's your service? and absolutely get references. The biggest flaw in buying software is that you don't get references. And if you do get references, they're usually ringers. You know, give me somebody that didn't use the product or is not currently using the product. Give me a dozen resources. You can't do enough homework these days. That would be my biggest takeaway
0: absolutely like with everything that we've talked about Grace right how important is it to talk to uh, people that you already know right and are using these platforms and and let them be the ones to tell you what their experience been uh using it and uh that's why we put so much focus in general in in everything that has to do with reviews because that's exactly what it does for your brand so uh great uh great insights uh Harlan thank you very much for that you're welcome now Harlan if i may This podcast, we made it with the intention of having conversations about legal marketing that sometimes are not that conventional and you've mentioned something as you were giving us an answer about how a CRM has helped you increase business in the current law firm that you're partnered with. You've mentioned about creating a list of leads that you could not convert at that time and then market to them in the future. And I really want to ask, how can you do that? How can our listeners learn from your experience how they can market to a lead that did not turn out to be an actual case for them right there and then, but could in the future? How should they approach that?
2: Well, that's a great question. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is just because you can't help somebody today, that doesn't mean you can't help them tomorrow. And, and, and one of the things that I really like to uh, preach is that don't look at another law firm on how they're doing it. Look at another business. Law firms, most law firms are pretty lame at this. And as I said, they make a lot of money in spite of themselves, and they count what they have. So take a look at another business. I mean, one of the things you can absolutely look at is is the internet, you know, retargeting. But if you can capture every single person that you do business with or don't do business with, which is the question, and keep yourself in front of those people, when they need you, you will be top of name, name awareness. You know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, generally out of 100% of the calls that you get, 30% of them turn into cases. That leaves 70% floating. Some of those cases are just simply people that don't have a case today. A lot some of those calls are people from an institution or a, a prison that aren't applicable. I'm not making fun of that. But we get wild climate kind of crazy phone calls. Those are not wanted cases. But the majority are wanted people, not wanted cases. You're paying money to get them to call you. Figure out how much is costing you to say no to people. How much is it costing you to say, I'm sorry, I can't take your case. Generally, it's about $125 on the average on an advertising budget, part of your budget. That's a lot of money. If you add up how many people you said no to today, you're looking at more money saying no than saying yes. And you have to maximize that. That's really the essence of advertising, to ignore that. Is
1: ludicrous. Best way to put it, honestly. I mean, there couldn't have put it better, Harlan. And, you know, this is part of the reason why I'm really glad that we brought you on in particular, um, having been, you know, the original <laughs> attorney advertiser. I mean, people spend so much money on these leads and you have unconverted leads. Like, you, you couldn't have put it better. I mean, you said at the beginning, you've spent money on it, it doesn't mean they can't be a client later. Right? And just keep top of mind. You know, Ed Lake and Steve Jagadino taught me something. They taught me some very, very valuable lesson.
2: Years ago, one of their models was to give me your leads that were turned down. Give me your garbage. Give me what you threw in the garbage tail. And they turned those leads into cases. It was garbage, according to the lawyer. They threw them out. And what Ed and Steve taught me years ago was to how to farm let the calls, they turned lemons into lemonade. And they built a huge business just doing that. And I learned that very, very valuable lesson. So I took that and I really went into all the other aspects of, of lead you know, generation and lead conversion. And so, I mean, there are people making a living on just Give me your garbage and I'll turn them in. Very few people do say that I should say because they don't really get that process. You know, lawyers again are very arrogant. They're very they're very uh myoptic. They count what's in front of them. They don't count what's not in front of them or what's in front of them that they can't see.
0: Great point of view, right? I mean, this is uh, exactly aligning very nicely to everything that we've talked about in so many different episodes, like just farm your leads, right? Terminology is fantastic. It's very rich, and I think a lot of our listeners can definitely... Get a whole new perspective as to how to look at the results of their marketing and how to really revise their strategies and see are they really taking the most out of what they're getting question themselves especially now at the beginning of the year that it's uh time to set up goals and make sure that we are finding new and creative ways to grow our uh, law firms Grace uh, is there anything else you'd like to add
1: he covered so much um honestly I think we answered just about every question and then some and um, so at the moment I think I would just want to say is there something that you want to add Harlan because you've given us so many wonderful nuggets of information here um, is there anything specific you would like to tell our listeners well let me let me give you
2: what i think is probably the biggest takeaway i know i said that earlier but this is i think the most important thing that you need to focus on you're in a competitive environment environment you have many lawyers in your market that are advertising marketing everybody's hustling for the case and so on what separates you from them what's the one percent difference that people should recognize, well, what separates you from your competitors? What's going to give you the competitive edge? What's going to help you grow your business? And I'm going to tell you flat out, if you take a look at your marketing, it's not making more phone calls. Yes, you have to have more phone calls, but you have to have a process that converts everything that's coming at you. And I can guarantee you, and I'm in advertising, so we don't guarantee a lot. I will guarantee you if you focus your attention on that, your competitors do not focus that. You will be a one and 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 one of the one and only, maybe two and only in your entire market that has that mentality, and that's the most competitive thing that you can do. You know, it's interesting. I got into this that 12 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, when I had my agency, and clients would say, "Give me more leads," and I said, "What did you do with the last ones?" Well, they weren't any good. And so the most significant thing that I did in the last couple of years of my dictatorship at the agency was I wouldn't take a client on unless I could record their phone calls, And I did that because I wanted to hear what was going on, not to criticize the lawyer, but to help the lawyer grow. If every lawyer I've ever met, every lawyer that I've ever met says, I get 94% of what I want. I My intake is not a problem. You record somebody's telephone calls and you'll know exactly how your business is operating. If you don't record them, you don't know. What you don't know, you don't know.
0: And guys, just so you know, that's an actual trademark phrase of Harlan. What you don't know, you don't know, and it's great and it's clever, and especially when you put it in the context of uh, your ideas. Harlan is just uh, wise and something that uh, we can all learn from. One, one more yeah.
2: point. There's another trademark that I have. Ambassador first
0: impression.
2: Yeah. Why did I do that? Is because the most important person, and the most overlooked person, the most abused person, and least paid person in your in in a law firm is usually the receptionist. So you 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 spend all this money to get somebody to call you, and you don't respect or don't maximize that front desk. You don't. You have one chance to make a good impression. Ambassador first impression is that very first person that
0: answers the phone. We, talk, we did three episodes on that. Yep. And that's exactly that's exactly how we feel about it. And um, I wanted to follow up on what you've said about recording calls and, and letting, uh, I'm, I'm the owner of an agency as well, and so that's exactly what I do. I don't report on what they signed, I report on what they did not sign and why. And so absolutely monitoring calls, you will never understand really uh, the core of your business until you're not uh, getting involved either by by monitoring or participating in that very critical process, which is intake. So um, everything you're saying, Harlan, really resonates very well with our values here as a podcast and in the way that we do marketing and conduct business uh, for our clients and uh, the law firms that we're partnered with. So Harlan, thank you so much. Um, if our listeners want to find out and hear more about you, what what other events can they find you this year that, you know, we know that you're going to be at NTL uh, next year, National Trial Lawyers Summit in Miami. But if we cannot wait that long, is there anything coming up over the next few months where we can find you at?
2: Probably be at, uh, well, I will be at Masterworks Made Perfect. Uh, I will be at VISTA Conference in, uh, in New Orleans in June. Fantastic conference. Uh, put on by Tim McKay and his group. Uh, I will certainly be at uh, Michael Mogul's CRISP conference. Uh, I believe I'll be uh, speaking there. Uh, wonderful, unbelievable summit. Uh, nothing about, well, it's all about the culture of your law firm. Uh, probably the most important summit I've ever been to about culture. Uh, just love what he does. Uh, and then, you know, met, met, uh, and a number of uh, events that, you know, between now and, and, and uh, that, uh, but you can just simply Google me, Harlan Schellinger, and you know, I'll see what I'm up to. I, I, I'm not into self-promotion. What I'm into is is, is giving more than I take. And uh, I just hope that this podcast sheds some light on opportunity for, for, you know, for the people that are listening.
0: Absolutely, Harlan. And uh, that's our mission. And that's what we stand for. And I'm sure that everyone who is listening to this episode will definitely take a lot and particularly if they implement, I can guarantee that a year from now be in a completely different place than they were when they first listen and that's uh and that's fantastic and that's exactly what we'd like to uh, accomplish with this so uh from my end i really want to thank you it's been a pleasure talking to you and i'm looking forward to uh running again at uh or at one of these conversations or at one of the events that you've actually mentioned in which uh we will also be
1: my pleasure thank you so much thank you so much harlan have a fantastic day
0: grace what a great conversation with Harlan, wasn't it?
1: That was fantastic. I, I cannot thank him enough. That was pretty amazing. So I don't
0: think, honestly, like even though that we planned these conversations very strategically, I don't think we could have had a better way to bridge between intake and case management and client experience uh, uh, than having a conversation with someone like Harlan that is as much involved in marketing accountability as he is to the business side of the law firm and uh, conversion and retention. And I think that came up 100% in the conversation. It was so rich, full of examples. And I think uh, we have so much to take away from this. But if we need to bring it down to just a few takeaways, Grace. What would those be?
1: So I think for me, the actionable insights, as we like to give you guys right at the end of this uh, and to our listeners here, the number one takeaway I got from it was ease of use. Um, The CRM, what kind of CRM are you supposed to pick? What kind of CRM are you supposed to know for your firm? What do you use? Well, the importance of it is ease of use, that it automates communication. It has case management integration and that there's customization. What do you think?
0: 100%.
1: So you have to get a CRM. It's no longer an option
0: as to should I or should I not is which CRM is right for you. Right. The way to define that is exactly what you just said, Grace. Uh, You need to find the one that is going to be easy, not just to use for you, but to your team. So make them part of the process of selecting it. So that way... Here, I'm going to tell you, as someone who had, back in my hotel life, I had to implement several platforms and systems uh, to different teams, the resistance that you get when you actually try to implement something like a CRM is tremendous. So how do you get your team to be excited and enthusiastic about it? Well, very easy. Make them part of the selection process, okay? You're definitely going to see better results. You're not going to overcome all the challenges that come with integrating something like CRM because let's be honest, people... Are not resistant to use a uh, CRM just because they want to be resistant to the idea. It's because they're not gravitating towards that. So, by making them the uh, part of the process, you may see better results. And um, you definitely need to uh, consider all of those other points that you are, are mentioning, uh, Grace. I think from the cost side of things, you need to also look as to how much will that CRM will cost you as you grow. Because they may have a very competitive pricing level, but then when you're starting starting to scale and you need to add more users and you need to to grow your uh, CRM capabilities, things may start becoming more expensive. And so you want to make sure that uh, it is value for money, not just at the beginning, but on the long run, what do you think?
1: Well, especially that's part of the biggest reason why I mentioned the integration piece, right? It's like, how easy is it to integrate with other systems? That's a big part of the fact of the cost because are you going to have to hire a Salesforce administrator to customize everything? Well, if you use Salesforce, you will. So if you use lead docket, no, because that's meant for the lead industry, right? The legal lead industry. So you I mean ease of use, Automating the communication part of it, the integration and customization and cost cost is all all of those things are a factor in cost. So I agree with you completely. Uh, I think that kind of leads us to the next takeaway, Liel, if you'll permit me to go ahead with that one. Um, So don't look at just other law firms, right? Look at other industries. And that's such a big deal in the CRM world. I mean, you know, is it built for you? is is you know, look at their processes, look at how they do things, um, you know, and take away from that. I know that you have a couple things to say about that, Leo. right. And
0: I really liked what um Harlan take was when he brought up this idea on the conversation is don't limit yourself to doing what other law firms are doing because in most cases, what you're going to be doing is setting the bar very low for you. The customer experience competitiveness, of the average law firm is not that great but when you try to implement a client experience that is comparable of a leading brand say you want Adidas right say you want Apple say you a brand that is actually excelling at customer experience for today's market and you try to take ideas from these other brands that you can implement in your law firm then you're going to really not just be competitive but you're going to potentially be ahead of your competition. So see see what great experiences you've had as a client and uh see what you can do to implement those to your client experience as a law firm. What do you think Grace?
1: Exactly. I couldn't have put it better. I mean, you've got to craft the client experience, right? Create a customer journey and make sure that your customer every step of the way is being touched And whether they're a customer or not, whether they're a prospect or a lead or a client, I mean, along the entire journey of people, when they first get to you, and as Harlan so aptly put it, the first person on the phone, and how many times you and I have talked about this in all of our previous podcasts already, that's your first impression. So craft the client experience, call yourself, you know, make sure that there's no hiccups along the way, automate things so that your people can take the time to speak with the people. Right. And uh, make sure the journey is the way it needs to be.
0: Absolutely. Grace, like the difference between a client calling and every single time they call have to introduce themselves. And yes, I have a case and it's about this and it's about that. And then the person saying, okay, what's your name? What's your last name? Let me check. Oh, yeah, uh, I can see your case. How can I help you? As opposed to actually, you know, call comes through Client information come up on the screen right away. You can see what's been the timeline of communications, what was the last conversation that was had, and you can be 100% anticipatory to what the call may be even about. And so when you're delivering that level of experience, people notice. They do. People notice, and it actually, it's day and light. It's what's going to get you the reviews. It's what's going to get you the referral. So there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to explore. And CRM is a powerful tool to craft and shape that customer experience. Grace, what else do you have for us?
1: So I really, for me, it's it's about bringing it all together, right? And that includes, again, I go back to the fact that these people may not be clients. Maximize your unconverted leads. We call them dead leads in our industry. I mean, you paid the money for them, right? Add them to your journey. Create a system for those people. I mean, just, you know, drip marketing. Make sure that they're part of it. You know, you're letting them know that you're still there. You're top of mind so that, unfortunately, people will eventually need an attorney or they may know somebody that needs an attorney. So, unfortunately for that, but fortunately for you, you have kept top of mind. You've been informative. You've helped them. You try to make sure that you you keep... Top of mind, right? That's number one. So create that system. Maximize your unconverted dead leads. You already paid money for them.
0: Absolutely great. So I'm going to go back to our first episode on intake, right? Refer them out. Refer them out. It's part of your marketing strategy. You build a strategy, and if you don't have anyone to refer them out, then refer them to the local bar, because you actually want to be of uh, use to that person who have already decided to trust you and give you an opportunity at helping them out. So now it's entirely up to you. Are you gonna turn your back on them or are you actually gonna do what you can to actually try to help them? So in the ideal world, and probably kind of like getting ahead of our next week's conversation, you're going to want to refer them out so you can actually use them as leverage for your network. And use is not the right word, but you want to make sure that you can contribute to helping them and at the same time helping your network continue growing. Now, the other thing uh, you want to make sure that you're doing is being a reliable source of legal assistance for this particular uh, individual, that called, because it's exactly what you've said. They may not have A case for you right now, but they will have it in the future. And you want to make sure that next time that they need to call someone, they don't even think it twice as to whom they're going to call. And that's what's going to make the difference because they're going to reach out to you directly. And even if they know that you're not going to be able to help them directly, they'll know that you're going to be the one to refer them to the person that's going to be able to help them. And that's powerful. And that's building a brand. And that's becoming an authority in your market. So, um, Grace, I think that Harlan really brought it up wonderfully. And I'm not surprised that it's going to continue to come up as we go along different conversations on different topics about law firm growth and law firm marketing. Grace. I think we've covered it all.
1: I think that's the L. <laughs> it, EDL took them to the whole hour, I, think, I feel like.
0: <laughs> I think we covered it all. And so, Grace, thank you again for another wonderful conversation. And I'm excited for next week's one, which is going to be on referrals. Thank you all for listening. And we're looking forward to talking to you again next week on another Private Legal Marketing Conversation, Adding Camera Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review and send us your questions at ask at podcast.com. We'll see you next week.